2018, when my wife was diagnosed with cancer, one of my dearest friends gave me a uh, bracelet. And I'm not a jewelry guy at all. I'm, like, I wear a watch and that's it. One of my closest lifelong friends gave me a bracelet. And inside was the words for KFG. Keep going. You know, keep freaking going, whatever you want to say. You know, I think while we're alive, we have to keep going and we have to keep growing. I've been dedicated to personal growth my whole life. The one thing I, I learned is that not only did I grieve for my wife in passing and learning how to process those feelings and, and grow through them. And one of the things that came out of that is my love and kind of my grieving of my KW role. In a way, I feel like my there's a part of my soul that has been restored by coming back into this role. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Senior Director of Data and Content, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, secrets to success, and lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I'm the Senior Director of Data and Content for Housing Wire. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Mark Willis, CEO of Keller Williams. So welcome, Mark. Thank you, Tracy. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be featured. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, this isn't your first rodeo. So welcome back to Keller Williams. Um, you were there for 10 years ending in 2014. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what kept you busy um, during those years before you joined again? Well, if I can, I want to I want to set the record straight on a couple of things. I so I have been with I'm going on my 33rd year with Keller Williams. I joined the company in 1991 as a as a team leader of the original office of Keller Williams. We we called them offices back then, their market centers today, have a long, deep, rich history with the company. I, um, I was the, I was, I've occupied just about every role you could occupy in the company. I was a team leader. I was a regional director. I was, I'm a, still a regional investor, have been, have trained all the team leaders, all the OPs, all the regions became the president in late 2001, occupied that role. And my entire focus was on growing the company during that period of time. And then in late 2004, Gary and Mo asked me to step into the CEO role. And I did that up until uh, February of 2015. And then I had a, uh, a stint on the board of directors uh, and, and yet I'm, I'm not really designed by nature to be a bystander. And so took a little break from leadership at KWRI and here we are back to the future. Yeah. And I want, I, I do want to say there's one thing I want. I want the audience to get to know you as a person a little bit. I know you're a big University of Texas fan. What are some other other interesting things about you, um, you know, as far as your activity in the community? Um, I know you're big into the sports at UT. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that, just to give people a glimpse of who you are outside of Keller Williams. 
Well, I can tell you, you know, I want to talk a little bit about kind of my, my evolution through this period. Um, you know, I don't believe there are any accidents in life. And I think the uh, good Lord serves us with the, the lessons that we need to learn in the moment. And I know that I had strong opinions and feelings about uh, my role at KW and my importance in the company and how much I love the people. And, and then there was a moment in time when that, that wasn't where I was meant to be. And I, you know, I, I was, uh, I was married 33 years and uh, my, I, I got the, the privilege of moving from my office and working, you know, 78 hours a week to being able to move into my home with the home office for, for a couple of years and, and, and have more time for my wife and my daughter. I have, I have one daughter, she's 24 years old and she's a, she's a very strong, fiery young lady. I'm very proud of her. And, um, she was, uh, she was right at 16 years old when I moved home. And then I had a couple years with my wife. We got to travel more. I love to travel. And I, I, I truly love the opportunity to visit different cultures and experience experiences that, that broaden our scope of you know, just experience and, and, and it, being able to share those experiences with people that we love. And so travel is one of my, my passions in life. But the, the beautiful thing is we, we never know what's coming. And I think we, we tend to live life as though life is a certainty and death is an uncertainty when in fact it's the opposite. Life is an uncertainty and death is a certainty. And after a couple of years of being home and having that time with my wife and my daughter, uh, my wife was diagnosed with cancer and she died five months later. And, you know, I had, uh, I had to spend some time uh, getting clarity about who I was, who I am as a human being. And I, um, I, I, I got a therapist <laughs> because you know, you, yeah. you, you have to understandably, <laughs> you have to keep going. I, one of my, uh, my, my favorite mantras, it, it happened in 2018 when my wife was diagnosed with cancer was I had one of my dearest friends gave me a, uh, a, a bracelet and I'm not a jewelry, jewelry guy at all. I'm like, I wear a watch and that's it. Even when I was married, I had a hard time keeping up with a wedding ring and my, my, one of my closest lifelong friends gave me a bracelet and I think she, she bought it on Amazon and inside the, um, the bracelet was, uh, the words for KFG, keep going, I'll, you know, keep freaking going, whatever you want to say. And I had, you know, I think while we're alive, we have to keep, keep going and we have to keep growing. And I've been, dedicated to personal growth my whole life. And um, the one thing I, I learned is that 
not only did I, I grieve for my, my wife in passing and learning how to process those feelings and, you know, just learning how to not suppress things and, 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 and grow through them. And one of the things that came out of that is my, my love and kind of my grieving of my KW role and being in leadership at KW. So I, I have to say that, you know, in a way, I feel like my there's a part of my soul that has been restored by coming back into this role. And I have I have such great respect and love for Gary Keller and and all the great people in this organization. And um, right now, um, I've got I, I would say my 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 big priorities are our work, my daughter, my friends that I love and my family um and and then having the opportunity to have beautiful and rare experiences with them create memories that we share and um to to focus on the legacy that that we leave and and it's 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 been a it's been a period of terrific growth and i do i do love the longhorns and i I do love Texas yeah. sports. I, I love college football yeah. in general. Yeah, we're not too happy with Texas right now because they uh, kicked Florida State out. So um. it's been a long <laughs> time coming, Tracy. Uh, <laughs> we, we we had a, a very dry decade, um, even longer than a decade. We've we've had a kind of a, a dry and dismal last twelve, thirteen years. Yeah. And, and we're starting to show up the way we want to show up. And, well, and actually, we're see. Texas fans, too, because our son just graduated from there. So we're kind of a we have a couple colleges here. But my husband went to Florida State, so he's told my son that he's writing him off because of the whole uh, college football experience this year. <laughs> well, the Sugar Bowl will be fun for sure. <laughs> for sure. That's great. Um, I know you were CEO during some very, very high growth years, um, and you're back at the helm, and it's a challenging time right now. The market is hopefully improving. Um, a lot of things going on in the industry. So how are you leaning on your past experience um, to to kind of guide you through the latest challenges um, in the market in that? Well, first of all, I am uh, I'm honored to serve in this role. I can tell you that with without my little gap of not being in leadership at Keller Williams International, I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be back. And I believe that the only acceptable motive for leading is to serve other people. And so I, I'm honored to serve again in this role. And, and I want to say that, you know, the Keller Williams culture is an amazing culture. Uh, our values are, are, are very strong. Um, yeah, we're, we're in challenging times right now. And yet, Keller Williams, if, if you look at the history of the company, we were founded in 1983. Uh, we went after, you know, we, we were in the kind of the boom, boom era, high interest rates, but we were in in Texas in in Austin, Texas in the in the early '80s, and the, the economy was thriving. It was strong, and the the Keller Williams was the largest single office real estate company in Austin when it was founded. It, it, I think it had seventy two agents, and then the market walloped the company. 
and Gary redesigned the bo- the models for Keller Williams to thrive during down economic periods. And so the, the way the company is built is designed to thrive during challenging times. And I can tell you that when I, when I was CEO back in 2008, um, we went through the, the Great Recession, as you know. And, and that, was, that was a defining moment for our company. And I, I, would, I would argue that that was the period where Keller Williams had its most dynamic growth. And so our organization, our models, our culture, everything about Keller Williams is is designed to to survive and thrive during challenging economic periods and i am i'm convinced that that we will do that again during this downturn yeah and gary um has a tendency to reinvent the company um through difficult times as well and um, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that he sees trends coming down um, the road and reacts to them sooner than a lot of um, company leaders do. So is there anything specific that um, you're really working on right now um, to kind of continue that agent growth and um, gain market share during this time? Well, you know, we, we've designed, the company was built by agents, for agents. And where our best ideas come from is the people we serve. And I can, I can tell you that in the, you know, kind of in the context of how we see ourselves, we see ourselves as a training and consulting company. And, and now we've added a technology company that also happens to be in the real estate industry. And, and so as a training and consulting company, we believe that uh, we're, we're here to serve and bring value to our franchisees, to our agents, and to help them grow their businesses in this market. And, and that's, our, that, that's our battle cry, and we, we feel confident that, that we've got the, the, the right recipe for that. And is that um, leaning in more heavily to teams or, um, you know, new products and services, or is it really just focusing on those fundamentals that helped you grow to begin with? I think that the distraction that is possible during times like we're in right now is to get away from the basics and to look for the new new. And if anything, our mantra is to do less, more to have a very a narrowly defined focus that will result in the activities that will will drive our business and in in technology of course today is the as the landscape has changed over the years technology has certainly proven that uh, we can you know we can have a strategic advantage by owning our own technology we're we're one of just a, a, a very few number of real estate organizations that own our own technology. And, and we see that as a proprietary advantage for our associates in building great careers. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know, you know, I've sat in on several of uh, the focus groups. Uh, Daryl allowed me to uh, sit in on some of them. And it was fascinating, the process that was taken to actually get to where you are right now um, with the technology that you have. So um, so what excites you the most about real estate today, about the industry? The, the greatest thing about the industry is that, number one, there's a huge need for what we do. The need has never been higher than, than right now. In, in the history of my career, I've never, I've never seen a period where there was more confusion and, and a greater need for the real estate professional. And it's been, it has been proven that consumers want agents by their side more than ever, and that's that's validated by NAR. We also believe that consumers are being bombarded with data, and certainly a, a lot of news right now. And as agents focus on building relationships, and they focus on their value proposition, agents form a partnership with the consumer. And and we believe that today that that real estate agents serve as lifetime partners to the consumer in helping them with their home buying and, and home selling processes. And so um, I, I will say that uh, in, the, in, the, in the context of how, how we will serve our agents in the shifting market, it will be by listening to them, understanding their needs, serving them, helping them with what they want, and equipping them with the tools they need to thrive. Are you evolving your training? I mean, I know that, um, you know, obviously there are some really important kind of training that agents, I'm sure they're probably already getting it through Keller Williams, but on transparency and um, just basically proving your value or showing your value. I think a lot of agents they put out all these fires behind the scenes and they don't really tell their clients about them because they're trying to smooth out the process. Um, and, and maybe it's a good time to actually tell them that you've put out a fire um, so they, they can see the value that they're providing. So is your training evolving with this or you already have something in place that you're really um, working with? We're just now releasing a new training program that's called Value Squared, which is all about educating the consumer on what it is that the agent does for them. We have um, a, a huge focus on helping the agent understand their value to the consumer, their ability to articulate what they, the, the value that they provide to the consumer in the home buying and home selling process. And what we know is that buying a home is a it's it's a complex and and extremely involved process. And we we understand that articulating that value is is something that we we may have taken for granted during a different market because people just were we're moving quickly, and so it's about slowing down to help the consumer understand what we do for them. And we are launching that class, and at, at our family reunion will be the first time. That's great. Yeah, I think it's so important. 
I think it's so important right now for for agents to really be you know you know explain the steps that they're actually taking it's so much more than finding a house on Zillow and saying that's the one I want to see um and and I think that um there the media in in some cases are um you know we've I've read some articles in like the Wall Street Journal and a couple of other publications where they've boiled it down to that like, oh, well, you can find a house now on Zillow. And what do they what do they need an agent for? Um, but there's so much more that goes into it. And the truth is, um, we've done through Realtrends some studies through with Harris um, Insights that uh, consumer studies that show it the 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 um, number of consumers in our study who want and will work with an agent has only gone up through the years in those studies. Um, and, and they understand the value of what an agent brings to the transaction. Well, I, I don't think there's any question about that, Tracy. I, I do believe that um, the, you know, the, the, the backdrop of everything that we're dealing with creates a lot of friction uh, with the, the home buyers that we serve and it's helping them understand what we do for them and the value that we provide. I know that the seems like the more technology has evolved, it, it's, it's, it's not what you expect. The, the consumer needs us more because there's so much more complexity in the transaction. Technology has not made the transaction easier for the consumer. Now, one thing you talked about was transparency. And I, I do think that in today's world, that consumers want and demand complete and full transparency. And they, you know, they don't want firewalled information. And, and I think, you know, just an opinion, I think that some of that may have created the, the friction that, that we've seen in, in the legal environment today. And I, I think that in the, in the context of transparency, not only being transparent about the value we provide, but what the consumer wants to see that they feel they have not had access to. Yeah, absolutely. 2024 is the year to act, to make bold moves, tell better stories, and build brands that endure. At the 1000 Watt Brand and Marketing Summit, we're putting real estate experts like you in a room with some of the greatest marketing minds around so you can turn your big ideas into action. Join us in Dallas, June 25th through the 27th for a real estate event designed for doers. Get your tickets at 1000watt.net forward slash summit. That's 1000watt.net forward slash summit. Um, and I want to get a little more personal here and talk about um, you've been a leader for a long time and you, um, I'm sure, have learned many lessons over the years. So what do you think is the most impactful leadership lesson that you've learned over the years? I'm known for saying I quote John Maxwell a lot. Um, I think, you know, in the end, everything rises and falls on leadership. And, and, and the hardest person to lead is ourselves. We, uh, we tend to judge other people by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intentions. And, and the most important leadership lesson is that business is never really about what. It, it's always about who 
if you want to get it to the highest level possible. The, the, the who is, is the thing you have to get right first and foremost. You know, they, it's, it's, not, it's not what, it's who, but the way that we're, we're hardwired to think is that if we have a great idea, so anybody can, can take that idea and they can scale it with the right experience, the right education, the right work ethic, the right knowledge. And in the end, leadership is such an important component in, in, in developing something to its full potential. And so taking, taking time to slow down on people decisions and, and be really intentional and put time and thought into who we select to be in business with. Actually, that, that, that's true in every area of our lives. It's about who we select to be friends with, who we select to be in our circle. The decision is, is always, first and foremost, the most powerful decision we can make is who we select. And over the course of my career, I had to learn how to succeed through other people because I've always naturally been able to, to succeed when, when it was up to me. Um, and I learned that in sales. I, I was a sales agent and I hired my first assistant the first year I was in the business in 1984. And, the, you know, we, we tend to hire for relief. We don't always hire for quality. And so learning how to slow down and be intentional about who we get in business with is that as we scale a business is the, the most important lesson. And we, we teach leverage in Keller Williams because we've helped a lot of teams scale their businesses. We've, we've been known as the, the company for teams, the home for teams in the industry, I think. We were we were the the OG uh, in that in that respect and in in helping real estate agents who had a big vision for their careers build great teams. We've done that by teaching leverage and teaching that that the most important decision we make is who we get in business with and and really slowing that process down and following a discipline model. That's probably the most important thing I learned. Okay, that's great. And I want to kind of touch on the teams a little bit because you you have been um, Keller Williams has been really innovative in in the way um, they serve teams and um, with the team model. So, is there anything new coming coming down the pipeline for teams, or do you con- are you going to continue to serve um, teams the way that you've been? Uh, we do have, you know, in Keller Williams, we have a, a very expansion-friendly network, and I think I think we were the, the pioneers of expansion as teams began to build out their businesses in their local markets and and decide that they were ready to expand to a, a nearby market. It was complementary to their business. Uh, we we have we have taught leverage and uh, that you know if you go back to the roots of KW, um, I had the, the honor of being the the CEO of the company when we published the Millionaire Real Estate Agent, 
which was all about teaching the real estate agent that they weren't salespeople with jobs, but instead they were business owners who, who own businesses and that all successful businesses follow models. We have, uh, now we have the MREA playbook, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent playbook that, that takes the, the most important activities that real estate agents do in their teams and, and teaches them how on a one pager to go do high impact activities that will drive their businesses. We teach, you know, constantly. Uh, and we, and a lot of what we do is through role models and, and learning from the best of the best and continuing to help them build great lives, um, building great businesses worth owning. And uh, that's, that's all aimed, that's our mission statement, building careers worth having, businesses worth owning, legacies worth leaving, and all aimed at li- lives worth living. And uh, we, we learn from the best of the best, and, and, and that's always been our model. That's, that's how the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book was written, was by studying the top teams in the industry. Yeah, I um, I have a copy of that here in my office. Um, Steve gave it to me, Steve Murray, uh, who I know you are good friends with, um, a long time ago. So so yeah, I still have a copy. So we 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 stay true to who we are. Yeah, and um, I want this is a question I ask everyone I feature on the podcast. Um, you know, entrepreneurs and leaders have many many aha moments throughout their careers um, or even personal lives. What has been the most impactful kind of aha moment for you when you stopped and had to rethink what you were doing or implement something new? Um, what was that aha moment for you? Well, I have, um, I, I think anybody who's succeeded at a high level has had failures. And, you know, of course, Success is learning how to respond and learn from your failures and, and get to the next level. And, and I've, I've had those moments at every step of my journey that, that have helped refine and, and hone my skills so that I could, I could do what I needed to do to, to thrive and succeed. And I can, I can say that, you know, for, for me, that, I, the most important lesson that I've learned is to ask, not tell. You know, it, it seems like every time we get in trouble, it's because we're telling people rather than uh, seeking a consensus and understanding and coming from a, a position where we are pouring first into people giving to them, helping them win, teaching them how to think so that, you know, as we do that consistently over time, we get back what we want. It's just a natural give and take process. And I would say that, you know, I've, I've had the honor and the privilege of, of working with a lot of great coaches, a lot of great consultants. I know that during my gap, one of the and my gap of not being in leadership at KWRI, I, uh, I hired a transitional coach. Uh, he, he was a, a great help to me and 
And I, I think that the, you know, the truth is, is that none of us succeed alone. And who we're in business with is the is the key differentiator. And 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 learning how to think. I am a I'm a lifelong learner. I I I I'm a truly. Um, I, I I always come from a place of loving people and 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 wanting to serve people first and foremost. And I think slowing down and getting to know the people that we serve and 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 earning their hearts and minds is a it's it's a it's a little slower. Uh, but the most important aha I've had is learning to succeed through others. And 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 you can get so much more done succeeding through others. And yet the rules are way more complex. You know, it's like if as we know, those of us who've done it, the rules are more complex. Also, I do remember, um, you know, when your wife died, I'm really sorry for your loss. I know that that was a very, very difficult um, experience for, for everyone. And you do, um, I think you have a foundation in her name, correct? We do. We, um, we have a foundation that is aimed at early cancer detection. And uh, we kind of an interesting story is that, you know, my, my wife died of what they called breast cancer. But she was one of these people who had a mammogram every year. Like, I mean, she was, she did it by the book. And um, the, the year that she was diagnosed with breast cancer, she'd had a mammogram in April of that year. And then in December, she's diagnosed with stage four highly advanced breast cancer. And then we, we went, so nothing had ever shown up on a mammogram. And so we went to a, um, you know, the best medical facilities in the world. And I, I asked him, I said, is, is this just very aggressive cancer? How could, like, how could she have a mammogram in April? And then in December of the same year, she'd have stage four cancer. It's hard for me to like wrap my head around that. And the oncologist said, no, this cancer has been in her body for at least 15, 20 years. I'm like, well, how is that possible? I, I, I don't understand. And they said, well, you know, this is probably more than anybody wants to know, but it, the cancer started in the breast where the, the cancer cells double. So if you have two cancer cells in the breast, it becomes four, becomes eight. And if the breast isn't a, like a willing host to the cancer and the cancer gets in your blood, it, it can then spread to a different part of the body. And so it found her lymph nodes, which were devoured completely with cancer. And then from the lymph nodes, it had gone to the bones. Well, she had had back pain for, for quite a few years that we couldn't get to the bottom of. We couldn't get to the root of it. And in the end, we found out that that back pain was cancer in her bones. And, and so when, when hospice came in, you know, I was sitting around my, uh, my dining room table with a group of friends that were uh, consoling me and, 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 and there to comfort me and my family. And, and they, they said, 
uh, we're just so sorry. And I said, I'm, I'm and, and three of them were doctors. I said, I'm so angry with the medical profession. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really upset that, that we would have had all these medical visits and no one would have uncovered this. And, and my friend who's a radiologist said, you know, the, the greatest hope for can- early cancer detection today is not through oncology. It's actually through cancer sniffing dogs. And so we created a foundation called the Willis Family Foundation. We've raised several hundred thousand dollars. And we we're, we use that foundation to help women that, that have been diagnosed with cancer, particularly families that, that don't have resources to, you know, deal with all the, all the, the stress and inconvenience and the, the, the bills and the, you, I think of families where you have, you know, two working parents and it, I was blessed. We, we had the luxury of having the greatest medical care. And so we are dedicating a lot of money to, uh, the research behind um, canine cancer detection and helping families that have, um, you know, they're dealing with with the kind of the the consequences of the the cancer is such an awful disease and wanting to help others so that my my wife Cindy can have a legacy and be remembered. Yeah. That's a beautiful memorial to her. So, yeah. Uh, Well, my last question is just what's next for Keller Williams? I know you've only had a couple of months in there. um, So, uh, so what's next? Uh, Let me tell you what's next. We are going to grow because growth is the one thing that we know that will, um, it will help us survive this period. I uh, will, we, we ultimately will thrive. We are, we are, uh, as I keep saying back to the future, we, we are going strongly back to our core values, our culture, our models, putting our people first, serving our people and bringing them value in every single thing we do. And uh, yeah, yeah, I will tell you that when when we look up, we we today, you know, we have we're number one in the industry. We're the largest single brand. We have an eleven percent share, and uh, we we look we look forward to the day when we have two hundred and fifty thousand agents and fifteen percent share, eighteen percent share, and. A, a lot of new opportunity for, for new leaders and then the next wave of leadership in the industry. And we're, we're excited by this challenge. We're energized by it. And we're going to, we're going to seize the day, seize the opportunity and, and thrive. That's great. And I, I think there's no one better to, to lead Keller Williams right now than you. So, um, I uh, really look forward to seeing what's what's in store for the company. 
Um, and I also want to tell our audience that you'll be speaking at Housing Wire The Gathering in April, April 21st through the 24th in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I look forward to that as well. Um, so thanks so much. Thank you, Tracy. I look forward to it. Yeah. And um, thank you for this opportunity. It's been, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Always uh, appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. We appreciate what Housing Wire does very much. And have uh, I have such deep gratitude for my long-term relationship with Steve Murray. Great guy. Such a great man. He's taught me everything I know. So, yeah, I have deep gratitude for him. Well, thanks so much for joining uh, Real Trending, Mark. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.